Jennifer. Hello, Richard. <laughs> I am great. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm uh, broadcasting live from Mars. I love it. My hometown. Your hometown. Over my shoulder, I have a photograph from the red planet. Yeah. Why not? You know, since we travel around the universe so easily, willy-nilly, right. uh, right. might as well. I love that. Very good. Um, so let's see. We got some emails from angry Brits who chastised me for being rude to Doris Stokes, who I've oh. never heard of. Still don't know who she is. Oh, tell them. Sorry, you guys. Not you. Not you. You were polite. It was I me. Know. I was like. I was so overwhelmed because she's the best medium. Like, she's one of the best mediums in the world. Or was. Lovely. Um, I guess, well, Luana's probably been waiting for us to show up. Probably. We'll give her that. Probably. So, Luana, our friend on the flip side, who. She oh, just showed me trying to hurt, getting me like out of the house to get here. <laughs> oh, hurrying, hurrying to get here. Well, Lou, um, I have a couple of things that I thought we could chat about. Um, okay. Same thing as before when, you know, stuff gets popped into my head. Mostly are about process. But Lou, is there somebody on your guest list that is chomping at the bit, as they say? She's just showing me you, my mind's eye. All right. Well, <clears throat> two things. I, I, think, I think this is what, she, what she's brought to my attention a couple of days ago and then again last night. And for people tuning in, you know, Jennifer and I have been doing this for six years. We kind of, we don't plan anything. And a couple of days beforehand, while I'm sleeping, yeah, there we go, blank, blank chart. While I'm sleeping, Luana. I might, I might see my friend Luana. I might not. I might see somebody, I you know don't know. I've heard vo a voice. I'm hearing voices, but I've heard people asked ask me to uh, elicit Jennifer's help in chatting with them, and I always say, well, get on Luana's list. If you can get on her list, then you can right. chat with us. So, a couple of nights ago, I had a dream about Luana, and is that does she want me to talk about that dream or what it meant to me? What it meant to you, and almost was like on a subconscious level. Okay, it could be, and that's why the dream is a little bit uh, unusual. Wonky. And go ahead. I always say it's wonky when you're. So, okay, it was a little wonky. I was. First, I was aware that I was having a dialectical conversation with somebody, and I don't know who it was, but a dialectical meaning talking about how dreams work or talking about how people communicate from over there to here. Got it. And in this case, uh, it was a visual of, let's say, a street. Could have been a city. I'm not really sure. But it was people walking one way and people walking this way. And I was walking with someone who I don't, I don't recall who that was. I know that they were shorter because okay. I have the impression of looking down. But I passed Luana as we, she was walking this way. And I recognized her. And there was a crowd of, a lot of people going in one direction. And I turned and shouted her name. 
like, oh, she must not have seen me. And she turned around and looked at me, Claire Isabel, didn't recognize me. And then I leaned down to the person I was with and said, would you explain to her, like, <laughs> our connection? Right. But I, go ahead. Just so you know, the, the person that you're, like, going down to, I feel like is your guide. Okay, so it's, yeah, but that's possible. But, but the point being, um, she didn't recognize me. And so, look, a dream is a dream. You know, was it the pepperoni pizza or was it, you know, something more than that? Then you think, was this a metaphor? And then I thought, is it possible that I was tapping into a time when she was on the planet and we didn't know each other? Was I tapping into a time... On an, in an alternate universe, parallel universe, something like that, where she's not aware of me at all. It was just an unusual construct because I got the impression that she thought I was a fan, you know, somebody who knew her acting career. And I had yelled at her, you know, to stop her, but she had no idea who I was. Okay. But let's just add, so Lou, what was that about? And... If, if it's possible, I mean, it could have just been a dream. Could have been just something, you know, like I concocted. It was a time that you guys did not know each other. So prior to our knowing each other. Okay, which, because we prior met. Prior to you knowing each other. And then it was, it felt like almost a deja vu. So then you know each other and then you're going back in time, seeing where you guys were. So, but I'm, let me ask, clarify. It was in this lifetime? So in other words, we met at USC in a, at a certain time period. She was in her late thirties and I was whatever age I was. So you're saying it was prior to that. Yes. Is that correct? This it's interesting. interesting. I asked our mutual friend, Robert, what he okay. thought of that. And he said the exact same thing. Okay. And so, hold on. Interesting. So it was brought to my awareness that there's a possibility, and this is what I'm talking to them about, it's a possibility that what if in our dream state, you actually, it was her, but what if it was actually somebody else that's part of her soul group that you recognized that showed up in the form of her? So give me a second with this. You're like, Meh. well, only because I was pretty clear that it was her. And no, that's no, no, why I, I used I, her name. You see, she passed me right. by and I used her name to call her out. And, and then she turned at the sound of her name, but did not recognize the person who was talking to her. You were correct, but I do feel like in our dream state though, there, you were correct with what happened in your dream. Yeah. I think there's a bigger thing that she's trying to show me as well. Okay. That in our dream state, so just so you know, in our dream state for the audience, nobody, nobody in your dreams ever talks with their mouths open. They project their thoughts. And that happens a lot of times. So she might have turned around. You might have thought uh, she didn't recognize me, but she, you might not have been picking up her projections, her thoughts, because nobody goes like this. But um, you were correct, though. I'm letting you know you were well, correct. Well, what makes it an unusual dialectical thing, and this is, has to do with our conversations about process, because, yes. of course, uh, as we've talked about before, a portion of our conscious energy is always back home. And, and Luana and I, 
reportedly over the years that I've been doing this research knew each other in previous lifetimes. So we've, we've known each other as let's say the higher selves for a while. Right. But what I was accessing was the Luana who was an actress walking down the street. Her hair color was a little different than when I met her. That's what also makes it a little different. But for me to just sort of shout out her name. Now you think about it, like, you know, like this construction of a dream, you know, you're seeing somebody that you know, and then you shout their name and they turn around, and they don't know you. And is it that because you've constructed a moment outside of time or is the whole construction of this dream to get us to talk about this, about how portion of our energy is back home and that we exist here and we march through life, like marching down the block. And we experience life at, without thinking, oh, I might have known this person in a previous lifetime, or I feel like I know them. In other words, we're always connecting the dots. And in this instance, she showed me an example of unconnected dots, just living your life, you right. know, going through life. It's an unusual, uh, what can I say? You know, other, it, it also made me feel, though, it was a weird feeling of like, she's trying to tell me something like our conversation is over. So I had that emotional reaction to it. Like mm. we've been talking about like all this stuff. I'm busy now. Ooh. So I, so let's ask her. No. Well, whatever. She's like, it was the reverse. It was, tr it was to get you to talk about it. Okay. Not to say, Oh, we're done. Okay. No more class. This <laughs> class. is the Class this, is our last, this is our last episode, everybody. <laughs> well, you know, people on Quora, they'll ask me questions about stuff. And I, you know, I try to answer as much as I can. But I also say, you know, there will come a time where I will not be available to answer these questions. Everybody has to work on their own. You know, Jennifer and I will not always be doing a podcast. We will okay. on the flip side. Yeah, that's right. On the flip side. Other people can tune in. Um, okay, yeah. so... Now I just made it explicit. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so there is another uh, another aspect, the second part to this. So one of Luana's friends, um, mm -hmm. somebody we haven't chatted with, somebody who's still on the planet, appeared in a dream last night. And I've never had a, a dream about this person ever. I know this person pretty well. Is this Go ahead. Can I say First name Jack? No, it's not. I, I know Jack. I, I met Jack a few times. I've spoken to Jack a few times. This is a guy that I know. Um, yeah, as well as I, I've met, you know, known her friend Jack Nicholson. I know we know him. But this is a film person. Yes. This is not an actor. This is somebody who's, a, I'll just say, he's a director. Okay. Um, very close friend of hers. And we had a conversation last night in this and another construct, whatever that was, where we were, it was like a debate. And he was uh, chastising. It's not exactly the right term, but he was kind of saying, you know, that just what Doris kind of said, you know, Doris came in and she was like, you're making it sound so easy that anybody can talk to their higher self and, you know, it's just not that easy. And it's also maybe not even that important for people to know or be aware of that because they're here on the planet acting out the roles they're supposed to act. 
right. you start telling them, look, you're an actor, stop taking it so seriously. They stop taking it seriously. They don't learn the lessons. But this was his, I can only say, a dialectical argument. And at some point, I'm listening, thinking, well, you know, where are we going with this? Because I, you have your really strong opinion about how this works. And I said, well, let me demonstrate it to you. And then I brought forth, in my mind's eye, someone this person knows who's no longer on the planet. Okay. But I didn't stick around for the conversation. So I don't know what they said. It's like my consciousness shut down. I have no idea what their conversation was. And then sometime later, I had the impression this person was saying to me, thank you. So I demonstrated that we can access our loved ones on the flip side. And once you do that, once you have the experience of doing that, as you and I have, have discussed this, I mean, today somebody wrote to me and said, I've, you know, you and Jennifer talked about, I think there's a workbook in one of your books mm -hmm. where you give the process. And uh, I'd really like to try that out. And I've had quite a few people on Quora reach out and say, it, it worked. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? Okay, like so before you go before you go to what I would do, and a lot of times when you get visitations, let's call them visitations. I've had you know a couple of visitations from my dad that were just powerful that just still choked me up about seeing him. And you'll know when you have a real when you have a visitation. But before you go to bed, or if you if, are we talking about dream states or just in general? Right. Just in general or dream states, fine. I guess whatever. it works both ways. So before you go to bed, ask to see this person. Because as you're talking, I'm being shown all the different things that happen with it. So like when you ask, when you see somebody from the other side, the reason why they can visit you is because you are, your resistance is not up. Because what happens if you don't, if like, for instance, part of one of my dreams that my dad we were dancing and part of it, when I realized I'm like, dad, you're not alive. You know, how could this be happening? I'm like, don't go, don't go. And then that's what happens is it, once our mind, even in our dream state comes to a conclusion, it still overrules anything that's real. And so by me saying that it's, he slipped away and I just started bawling my eyes out and woke my, it woke me up and everyone was like, oh my gosh. And it was so powerful, though, I was able to feel him and hold him and just, he was letting me know that everything's going to be okay and how much he loved me. And so, but our conscious mind is still pretty powerful in our dream state. But back to your question, how you're able to do it, just the quick steps on how to connect is just hold a picture or have their picture next to you before you go to bed or hold on to something that they gave you. Like I have a ring that, you know, I always wear it, especially when I work because it's just, I feel like it's my connection to the other side, a piece of jewelry. You don't technically have to have anything, but it makes your conscious mind more aware of it. Right? Almost like dialing a, in a radio or, you know, the uh, ham radio operators, they used to have a little tiny dial that helped you to tune it in perfectly. So you could really clearly, and, and having that object is like a frequency or holding onto a frequency, I guess. Right, and I'll also ask them to give them time to show up. You know, don't 
demand them like whenever i so i did an event last night oh and it's great because it's always it's, i love it it's it's a wine and spirits event five people at a time you know spacing everything covid friendly and I love it. I love what comes through. But all day long, I'm asking Luana and the class and my dad to be there to help. And I, it always, I mean, every time it feels like it gets better and better. But I give them time from the moment I wake up in the morning to say, hey, will you guys help me out? And I believe that they help me out. I trust that fact that they're there. And, and so it's almost like saying, if you really want to talk to somebody who's no longer on the planet, a loved one, give them that space. So uh, first you got to allow that it's possible. And then you start giving them the space. And it might be through a photograph. It might be through a memory. It might be looking through their closet. It might be looking through some other stuff. You're, you're, you're allowing that space. And then once, let's say, if you imagine or pretend that they're across from you and you're holding their hand, let's say, that might be a way to go, that helps you connect. Don't ask them to answer questions like, what are the lottery numbers? But, but ask them, you can ask them to do just what Jennifer did. Don't shake your head no or yes or shrug. Those are responses. So you ask, is this you? And if they go, you have a response, you see? That's a response. And so they don't have to channel themselves to make a voice be heard. They can give you a visual image. They can give you a visual. They can give you a feeling. Everyone has a different way of connecting to the other side. Start from your heart space, your heart frequency. Love is the highest frequency there is. Love is by far. And when you're grieving, it's challenging to have that, you know, that um, love without crying or love without feeling bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, send out your emotions of like, I want to talk to you. And it'll come to you. Like you, another thing to look for, like if you get the chills, that's them coming into your energy field. If your heart starts racing, that's them. And ask who's here. I always and, do that when I get the chills. And then the other portion that we kind of talk about is the idea of asking them a question that you can't know the answer to. So it can't be coming from your subconscious, Mine. like who was there to greet you when you crossed over and you'll likely get an image. So I just, asked, I just asked my dad that in, in my mind, when you were, okay. as you were saying, who was there to greet you? I've never really asked my dad. Really? I've never, we've never. So who was, who was there to, who was there to greet you? Well, the, his parents showed up right away. That was so cool. And, and oh, for and the I, audience, and I, and I was not thinking that. Well, for the audience, the idea is not to judge that, because a lot of times you go through the mental hoops of like, oh, he didn't like, or you know, they didn't like each other. Why would his mother show up? She, you know, you just try not to argue with yourself over it, and then right. you go to the next question. So your parents were there. I always ask, was that a happy reunion? Because you don't know, and sometimes it's problematic, and sometimes. Uh, Bill Paxson said to us, uh, yeah, it was problematic because I saw my dad and that meant I must not be on the planet anymore. Right. My dad, I, I, when he showed me, he showed me looking back at all of us, you know, and then he showed me a song that came on, which I forgot about, which was families or families can be together forever. It got stuck on that song. 
hmm. on the TV. Like they had, we had a radio play, you know, probably BYU for all I know. But <laughs> that song, Families Are Together Forever, got stuck when he passed. They're together forever. You mean literally, so, wherever he was? Literally got where he passed away with us in the room together wow. with the family. And that song came on and never left. Well, let's ask Jim. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you can do. So, Jim. But I forgot it. But again, I didn't remember that until he showed me it in my but, head. But let, let's ask him because Jim's outside of time. Jim, how did that record get stuck? Who did that? Oh, my grandparents. So, how, look, just for the audience's perception, how does one get that to happen? Do they go, so you work backwards in time. You got to get the thing to skip at a certain time. And I it was, mean, was it, so it was on the TV with the words, families can be together forever. And it was stuck right there. Oh, it just froze. Just okay. froze. And the music froze. It was so, but, on the and, and if we can, just because we like to talk about process, if, you're, if your grandparents don't mind, maybe they can come forward and explain to us, how do you get an image to stick? Just by being there waiting for them. Their energy made it stick. Oh, I see. So it's like the, almost like the signal becomes so strong that everything kind of freezes. I know when Luana passed away, um, her clocks and the, every clock in, the, in her house froze at four o'clock and the cats sort of like watched her fly around the room but i was looking at the clock and the clock froze and then everyone went around the house and every clock in her home froze at that time it's like you know those uh those i forget what it's called but it's a neutron kind of a weapon that suddenly sends out a shock wave and well, they just showed me again like you know how like a lot of times when i hear that when i hear somebody crashing in like yeah yeah that high pitched that happened as well when my dad was, you know, passing away. I wasn't paying attention to it as much, but they showed it to me. And that's what, you know, the frequency, like that shock wave, just like you said. So, and so Jim, if you don't mind, I know this is a difficult topic, but uh, I've ha I had the experience the day before Luana passed away where I had a vision or a dream that I was in a volcano and moving up towards the light. And when I got to the top of the volcano, it was like channels were changing at the very top. There was like the channel that was in the volcano. And then there was the channel, which was some other channel. And I was, I could, you know, like the old televisions used to turn the channel between you yeah, or whatever. I and I had that weird between channel experience. Is that what's happening? It's like the energy is shifting from one channel to the next. It's so how would you put it in words? It's all encompassing, like it happens all at once. It happens all at once. So it's like they're standing still, but everything's going a million miles an hour around you. But, wow. it, makes, but it makes sense. I can't. Wow. So I, I understand. And, it, you know, because we have CGI. And like, did you see Jesus? He felt the love of what you would call Jesus. Like he felt that unconditional love that people that describe quite often. Unconditional love and that 
knowing that you're in the right place? You know, my father, the day he passed, and this was a long, you know, 2004, way before I did any of this research. But that night, I had the impression of him waking me up and his arm on my shoulder and him saying, I'm experiencing indescribable joy. Two words I had never heard him put together. But subsequently, I've had so many people, either near-death experiencers or people just not under hypnosis, talking about the experience of feeling some kind of a epiphany that is unconditional love, which indescribable joy. They're kind of in the ballpark of each other. But that idea. But so, Jim, this experience of unconditional love, of indescribable joy, is that the natural state of being on the flip side? It's the feeling that you get when you know that you're a light being. I don't know why he, I guess a light being, like you, you're in spirit. So you're a spiritual, you're infinite. Let's not judge it. A light being. And we are all light beings, correct? Yes. So it's, it's the experience of like getting out of the pool and realizing we're outside the pool. He just showed, yes, he just showed me getting out of your costume. Getting out of your costume and leaving it on stage. Leaving all those props and costumes and everything else on stage. He's laughing at his, his bad heart. <laughs> you yeah. leave it all. It's all there. I mean, people ask me about uh, mental issues. If you consider the brain part of your costume, that yeah. gets left there as well. Your mind goes on, but the, the parts you that are left. Yeah. My dad yeah. used to say, he's like, you can only take your knowledge with you. So That's me, what they say, yeah. You can't take anything else with you but your knowledge. Well put, uh, sir. That comes along with the feelings associated with love. Did you Very love? Very good. Love? Very good. So, Lou, Luana, Jim, thank you. I'm just going to go back to you for a second, Lou, because I know you got the clipboard. And we only have Jennifer's for a short amount of time today. But <laughs> let's ask, Lou, is there anybody on your clipboard that needs to come forward or that we need to speak to? Okay. Hold on. They said that you had a list. <laughs> That's funny. I probably do over there, but right now I don't. In front of me, I've got you know a couple of names and stuff we talked about. Okay. Hold but on. but Lou, help me out there. It, it, do we have a list together? Did you? Did we agree on who should come forward? Or I just keep they so they keep showing me you in my head and there's so I that's why I said that you have the well, let's interview me how's that <laughs> well they they're saying that the process is more important right now okay so but here's my point a lot of times people you know they give you things and then and then we try to figure out what the what what were they talking about we try to unpack it so let's just allow that they want to talk to me okay but they're not talking about me they're talking about that guy. Is that correct, Lou? Are you talking about the higher self me? Or are you talking about me? You. Me. Okay. Uh, all right. So back to process. We, so what, just to finish what we were talking about, which is. And it's your dad. Hold on. Oh, and my dad. Okay. That's pretty specific. I guess we're having, it's interesting. The dad, um, the father's day. Just kidding. I know it's kind of funny because it is a 
we're recording this on April Fool's Day. <laughs> By the way, I woke up so happy this morning because it was the first day the kids went back to school. My two kids. <laughs> and it was the first time I didn't have to take them because my daughter drives. Oh so they gosh. were able to go. You're I'm like, I felt like I won the lottery. I'm like, Freddie, tell me that this isn't going to come. Like, they're not joking at school. Like, look at this you know we were just kidding your kids aren't going back to school anyway um, semi-retired give me give me your dad's your father's charlie name. my dad's first name is charlie i mean his the italian name is romeo but okay. people know him as charlie okay He's an architect i know that okay dad what's up bro what's happening pops did you ever ask him who he met probably not because i've yeah. always kept this part of the work he just said, he goes, you've never asked me who greeted me. All right, so dad, who greeted you when you crossed over? Does she have a family dog? Sure. Brisket. It, well, let's ask him, Is it, was it Sam? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, very good. For people tuning in, that's mind bending. But in Architecture of the Afterlife and the upcoming film, which will be out the end of April, Hacking the Afterlife. There's a section where uh, Steph Arnold, who had a near-death experience, she's Steph talking Arnold. to one of her council members. And the council, I asked the council member, have you ever heard of my research or me talking to people on councils? And she said, yeah, I'm very familiar with your work through your dog. And I went, what, excuse me? And she said, I don't know, I'm getting a German Shepherd. He was part miniature collie, part German Shepherd. And I, well, you and I had just spoken to Sam. Sam had just given me details about his passing. I did not know, but I, I later discovered to be true because I called my brother and said, hey, what happened, you know, after, because I was out of the country. So this is mind bending, but Sam, who died 40 years ago, was there to greet my father when he crossed over. And what was that like, Dad, when you met up with Sam? He said Sam was more evolved than most humans. Interesting. How so? A lot of animals are. They don't have judgment. They have fear, but they have no judgment. And they, have no, they don't have fear over there, but they have no judgment and they love unconditionally. And so what was that like for you, seeing Sam? Soft landing. Gave you a soft landing. Yeah. I, I know that Jennifer and I had asked you once what you were doing over there, and, and you had said you were golfing. And, <laughs> and your golf partner was an African-American that we both knew, a guy named Kelly. Is that, was that accurate? Or, I mean, I'm sure it was accurate for yeah. them. And are you still golfing with Kelly, or, or no. what's going on? No. What? They're building things. I know your dad's an architect, but I'm like at first I thought they were playing tennis because no, we're building things. So what kind of things are you building, Dad? It feels like coliseums. Like, and are they? But let me ask you: Are they are they structures for people to do things in, participate in? Are yeah. they like council chambers, places like that? They're used for everything in the afterlife. Cause I'm like, are, is it for entertainment? Is it for teaching? He says it's for everything. For everything. Are you helping others with your acumen, your ability to construct things or does everybody participate together? I'm helping. Are any of the other architects friends of yours from this lifetime or are they architects from other lifetimes? 
you just showed me Bernini. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you know who Bernini is, Jennifer? Consciously? Who, I do. A, I felt like he was an artist. It's, who did the, the body of David or who did the statue of David? Sorry. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. But Bernini was also an architect. He as just, was. Right. Okay. He showed me, I felt Bernini, but he showed me Michelangelo. He was showing me just where uh, a place that I've been. And Michelangelo as well. Uh, also an architect, also an architect, not only a sculptor, as many artists were, but without freaking people out like, oh, your dad's working with Michelangelo. Bernini. The idea is that these are people that are outside of time, so it's not a huge thing to run into them, even though they were 500 years ago. And what was that like to run into Michelangelo for you? It was Bernini, but yeah, they we all take turns working. Okay, very good. And. Jennifer, are you consciously aware of anything Bernini's constructed or built? The Vatican. Of course. <laughs> and Michelangelo. Michelangelo did the roof did and Bernini did the baldacchino oh. that's in the heart of it. Huh. On I didn't his know. design. I knew well, he, well yeah. you know, <laughs> I've spent some time in Rome. Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel, correct. And also the, the roof, the cupola. So, Dad, I got a quick question for you about... A couple, a couple of small events. One was our daughter seeing you in our kitchen just after you passed. Yeah. Hold on. He wanted her to know that he, for a couple of things that he was okay and that she would be able to reflect on this later saying, I did see my dad, my grandfather. Well, it was unusual because she was about, I think, three she came running into the living room and she said, grandpa's here. And I wanted to jump out of my chair, but I didn't. And I said, oh, what's he doing here? She said, he came to see the baby and her brother had just been born. And then I said, so does he have anything he wants to say? And the quote was, he says, I love you very much. And you guys need a bigger house because all the toys and all that stuff everywhere, which would have been something he would say, the architect. Um, so let me ask you this, Dad. In terms of showing up after somebody's crossed over, is it easier to, to do the closer to the event of crossing over? People have asked me that. Is it easier to show up? And there's, then what? Why? There's something about three days about your, ah, it's like your energy gets fully matriculated over there. So you have like three, you're in heaven or whatever people, it's not that you get held back or anything else, but your energy, they're showing me so many things. Like they're showing me how I, you know, one of my past life regressions, how, you know, I was trying to acclimate the kids and the frequency for, you know, whatever. Yeah. All the stuff that they're showing, that's similar to what, which I've never seen. So when you cross over, you're over there, but your body takes a little bit of time. The energy takes a little bit of time. So you're able to have more like full apparitions and you're able to see each other. Like you always, okay, thank you. Like my grandmother, my grandfather said that my grandmother came back and said, I have to, I need my shoes to take with me. I need my shoes. And your suitcase. I told dad, I got a question for you. When Auntie, your wife, my mom, mm -hmm. when she crossed over a number of years later, what was her experience? Because I had the impression that it took her a couple of days to acclimate. She was in a concert playing the piano. 
my mom being a concert pianist. And she didn't want to stop playing. So, 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 go ahead, sorry. But she was doing everything all at once. So it felt like she was, it felt like she was playing the piano, but it also felt like she was just everywhere all at once. I guess they're trying to show me, you can be, oh, thank you. You can be everywhere all at once. So a part of your energy could be with one brother or sister, one, like it can bounce around. It's not like they're only at one place or at one person at a time. They can be in multiple places. And okay. so she was playing the piano. She was visiting other people before she left. And just so people understand that, you know, we have a certain portion of our conscious energy that we bring to a lifetime. And when it returns home, that you're, you're connected to all of that conscious energy. And, and, and it could be in different places at the same simultaneously. Also, you're outside of time. So right. literally, you can be in two places at the same we're time. We're trying to make it work in our little brains. Right. So, but mom's fine. We've had chats with mom before. Mom has come forward. I know she's still playing and she's happy and happy and, and do you guys hang out together or not around your son Hold on. <laughs> we love scaring people together <laughs> we always okay he's like a home base for your mom like they always find each other and what's your impression of this class? You knew Luana quite well. You you drew you designed to, uh, like a something for her house. You were close friends. I love what you're doing. It's so it's so important. It has already helped so many people, and not you, just here over there. Did you guys orchestrate Jennifer and I meeting up like this? Your book did, but yes. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting. I, I must admit. I should thank Freddie for giving me seven hours worth of dishes on Thanksgiving night. <laughs> well, I must say in all our relationship together in the six some years that we've gotten to become good friends and known each other, I've tried to avoid, you know, talking about my journey, my life, my family, you know, because I know that this work helps other people. And once you start to say, well, what about Uncle Pete, you know, what about Aunt Betty? Then it becomes about me or my journey. And, and I always felt like, well, you know, you learn along the way. Certainly my mom has shown up. I've, we've spoken to my dad, but I never asked him that question. Who was there to greet you on the other side? And for him to say, Sam, we can interview Sam. We won't today, but we can interview Sam. And that's a whole nother kettle of fish. We did in a, and I think he's in a chapter in uh, Backstage Pass, the Flipside Three. So Sam and Hira, right? Sam and Hira, yeah, these two dogs. Who knew? Robert Towns dog Hira and and Sam, who yeah. apparently is much wiser than we know him to be, or could have possibly thought him to be. I'm fascinated. Dude, I gotta go. I know you do. You notice how I timed that just perfectly? Jennifer, we thank you for your gifts. We thank you for doing this work. Thank we you. appreciate it. It was fun seeing my grandparents. And yeah, and your dad, always, Jim. Thank you for coming in. And what are your grandparents' names? Um, <laughs> Vera, and my grandfather's name is Philip. Vera and Philip. Thanks, guys. You're always welcome in our class. Sam, we'll catch you on the flip side.